1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This
2: is Danny and Dusty.
3: Meringutang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new.
2: With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the fan man Hera.
3: All throws with monkey sounds in there and called go.
2: The old Danny Meringue pie? Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The fan.
4: Good afternoon!
3: Oh, ah, ah, ah. Hey,
4: happy Monday, everybody. Danny and Dusty with you. Hope boo. everybody's having a great day. <laughs> Why'd you boo? Who'd you boo? Who did I booed Mondays. Who did you boo right there? Mondays. Mondays. Jeff Russ here. Hi Jeff.
3: What it do, baby? Mm.
4: Oh, that's aggressive right there. <laughs> it's aggressive right yeah. there. We'll skip Bayless for you <laughs> That was skip Bayless That was skip bayless. Play that again.
3: What it do, baby. Oh boy. Yeah, no, now that you say that yeah. <laughs> I could find
4: it. I hear it now. Yeah. I hear it now. And I can't unhear it. Jeff Russ here. Uh you guys have good weekends? I did. Yeah, yeah. I did a whole yeah. lot of nothing.
3: Oh, that's great. I slept like half of yesterday just I, I laid around. I
4: got Done. undone. Oh, I didn't get a, anything really done.
3: I did mow the lawn for the first time this season. Well, look at you. So I guess I did a little look. something. Look at you. I'm holding off
4: ah, on the lawn mowing. That's why you need to get turf. <laughs> Don't have to.
3: Yeah, I'd love to move into a house that has turf already installed. Don't have to.
4: It's great. It's great. It's Highly
3: would would recommend. Very can nice.
4: Send the kids out. Weather like this, you can just send the kids out and they don't get track muddy. mud all over. You just kick off the shoes and they come back in. I mean, granted, our backyard is like a postage stamp, but uh, they can just run their laps, get, get their little workout in and
3: come back inside. That's the one downside. Like the, when we were house hunting, I was like, I wanted a house with like a, about a quarter acre. Mm a lot of
4: grass. It is. It's a it, lot of grass. It is. Our our first house was, uh, we bought a, it was a fixer upper, mm. <laughs> but it was on a third of an acre, mm-hmm. and it was right off, uh, it was right next to Nike. Okay. So yeah. it was a great area, and so we were like, perfect. I loved mowing that lawn at the mm-hmm. beginning and taking care of the grass, and I yep. took great pride in it. And then when we sold it, I was like, Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot better about this right now. That saves me like a day's worth of like 24 hours probably mowing that damn lawn and keeping it up over the course of the year. My parents have acres and my he, ba-
3: he has a riding dope. lawnmower. It is a five-hour mow with a riding yeah, lawnmower. That's crazy. And I'm just like, nah, I'm good, man. Nah. I'm good. I, yeah, that's too much of a time investment. Yeah. It sure I mean, is. He, he, that's when uh, I, I got him into podcasts a couple of years ago, finally. And it's where he listens to his podcast. Oh, good. Through like entire like seasons. And I mean, as
4: long as he's not mowing any cats, families of cats, I think we're good. Not this time. That's a circle back. That's a deep cut. We're going deep in the back. (laughs) It
3: It wasn't him, it was the kid. It was was the neighborhood kid, but he
4: never again. that 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 kid. kid Is yeah, he's a con. He's living a condo life, he doesn't want to be near grass ever
3: again. My dad had to dispose of it.
4: Yeah, no, that's brutal. Uh, if you missed that uh conversation, you can find it in the audio vault. Just go back and listen to the last year and a half worth of shows, and (laughs) and you can find it in there somewhere, (laughs) somewhere.
1: It's in there somewhere.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, but my family completely and totally destroyed a young kid's future. That's right and his, his burgeoning business of
4: being a, a lawn maintenance man is now gone. Yeah, now he's a veterinarian. <laughs> All right, I got uh I went to the Timbers game, went to the Timbers
3: home opener. You know, uh, I'm jealous of you. It was I'm jealous. Yeah. Still I, haven't been. I was a late Oh, you've never been to a Timbers match? I, I worked 100 yards away for five uh, years, and I did not go. They are so fun. And I and it was I'm, great. Oh, between the three of us, I'm the biggest soccer fan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you are.
4: <laughs> Timbers matches are always a great time. Yeah. And home opener was great. I mean, it was, first of all, Anthony, the new guy, mm-hmm. that dude is fast as hell. He yeah. is so skilled. He is so fun to watch. Turns out having goals. highly
3: skilled players... Yeah, Uh, super fun to watch.
4: That was great. The whole environment, atmosphere was great. Uh, My neighbor, boring Gary, he called me and he was like, "Hey, you want to go to the game match tonight? Not game. Want to go go to the match tonight? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. let's go." So we went down, and I had probably, you know, we always have, we all have those moments in our lives that they will seared in our brain, Mm -hmm. where you're just like, "Oh, this is never gonna. I'm never gonna forget this Mm -hmm. moment, and you're just gonna be continually embarrassed." I am still mortified, and we are uh, approaching almost 48 hours later. Sure. We go down, we sit in our seats, and uh, I'm on, like, it was my second beer, so it, it's mm, half ish Sure. And I go and I take a sip. It went down wrong pipe. I don't know what happened. Mm. This has literally never happened to me in my life.
3: You forgot how to drink beer?
4: I... Yeah, it, it just like goes halfway down, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I try to cover my mouth. Nope. It was like spit take that you see in movies mm-hmm. all over the guy in front of me.
3: <laughs> Did you immediately point to the guy next to you?
4: I, no. <laughs> Start a fight? No, I don't know Mm-mm, what happened. Him. This It has never happened to me. But it happened in the worst possible moment, and the guy just turns around, he looks at me, I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> I am mm. so, so sorry. I mean, it was like full on like, and it went like, my arm was in front of my face because it felt like I was like going to sneeze. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was just ready for this, like this sip of beer to go just all over my arm. Sure. Right. And I was going to just be like, whatever nope it went over under it hit everything but my arm and it went on this dude who thankfully he had his hood up
3: (laughs) but he knew the idiot behind him couldn't drink
4: i have never been more embarrassed in my entire life like i must have apologized to this guy like six times i was just like oh and that that's one that will sit with me forever (laughs) Like, I will never forget that moment. Did you get a straw after that? <laughs> oh, my. I, I didn't. know. I, I was. It was bad, guys. You, it was you, really did bad. you offer to buy,
3: or, buy him a beer? No, he wasn't drinking.
4: Worst
2: oh. part. Oh. He wasn't even drinking. <laughs> oh, no.
3: <laughs> I I didn't have something like that where I got it on somebody and it wasn't a beer. This is arguably. This might be worse in a sense. I was at a stoplight and I had to dip in. And I somebody looked over at me. Windows were down. And I had a sneeze. And I sneezed my dip all over my windshield. At least it was your windshield. It wasn't
4: another human being directly in front of you. And I'm just like... Oh, man. I looked over at them,
3: and I did the sneeze face. uh, Like... And then I just snapped my head back into my car. But I had a splattering of chew all over uh, the inside of my windshield. Man. That was... That was bad, but yeah, I didn't do it on somebody. I'm not disgusting like you.
4: Yeah, yeah, that one's gonna stick with me. And they were great seats, so it was like, it was, it was, I wasn't in like the Timbers oh. Army, where like that's kind of like maybe expected, like that'll happen. Nope, that doesn't happen. I, I would, guys, that's up. It's up there. Mortified, absolutely mortified. <laughs>
3: that guy went and told his whole church group about it the next day. Uh, dude, that guy. He was like,
4: at the end of the game, I'm like, man, I, again, I'm so sorry. He's like, that was wild. <laughs>
3: that was wild. I was like. Mm. <laughs> mm
4: Damn. Uh so that was my Timbers match experience. Other <laughs> than that, the game was great. Besides one, right?
3: Four 0 Uh four one.
4: Four one. And it was an onslaught early. Colorado not good at they they need to rethink the soccer thing. Ah. Uh, yeah. They I just
3: uh, good. I know a couple of the the photogs, and they said that the uh the Timbers army was uh, pretty relentless uh maybe crossing some lines. Oh really? Yeah. Couldn't hear him. Uh I heard a from one of them that they told a player with dreadlocks to go wash his hair. Oh. And I was like, "Whoa. Whoa guys, maybe let's not Ooh, do that." Whoa. Yeah. That's not Yeah.
4: And that's surprising because of all of the stands that the Timbers Army has taken against yeah. how the organization has been mainly towards women <laughs> yeah uh but that is oh boy yeah crossing some lines no that's uh that's one that you're you're crossing and yeah. i don't know if you're gonna come back from no wow yeah, yeah that's aggressive yeah didn't hear that
3: so i was like ah good to see soccer hooliganism has, has found its roots in portland
4: i mean i if i was sitting closer to timbers army maybe he would have been Talking to the guy that I spit beer all over, mm. but I wasn't near that so that portion. Wash of the your hood, you dirty, yeah. dirty boy. Yeah, he's I That sucks.
3: I still am weirded out by them playing on turf.
4: We uh, just because like, you do want grass.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, like Messi refused basically to play here. Yeah,
4: a lot of players won't. So they're figuring that turf the turf situation out. They're going Do you see the like the Minnesota Vikings, they uh they had the in, blended one, right? They're installing a new no, it's a new field turf that I, I think they're going more cork instead of rubber mm. into the, the ground the up the granules there, so you don't get as much catching. Mm. Because that I mean that's, that's the, the, the turf is yeah. very catchy. And so that's where you get all the ACLs and whatnots. Mm. But I there's just a lot of places in the country that you just can't like that place would be a mud pit it would it would be a mud pit, well, I mean, yes, and no, like, but I guess Europeans are I say England it. is the
3: same weather as us essentially, for more or less, yeah, and they keep pristine pitches, yeah, they do, so
4: yeah, they do, they could figure it out,
3: but you I mean it is what it is, oh you man, make, you make the investment, yeah, all right,
4: well, uh, There's hey, like talking if, timbers, if you do anything today. Don't spit your food on any strangers. No,
3: no, avoid that.
4: And uh, if you are the gentleman that I spit my beer on, yeah, hit me up. And uh, if you do drink, I'll buy you beer. I'll buy you all the beer.
3: (laughs) I mean, at least you didn't do it to Terry Stotts.
4: I think it would have been more palatable if it would have been to Terry Stotts.
3: Terry would have thrown his beer on you.
4: Yeah, see? Probably would have deserved that at that point. And I would have been okay with it. I was bracing for that. I was actually anticipating that happening to myself. But, nope. Nope. He'd ask you yeah, if,
3: it, if it was stuck in your craw.
4: <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> stuck
3: in my craw?
4: All right. We've got a radio program for you today. we got lots of stuff. We do. Turns we, out
3: Monday is good for that. we
4: got some fun with audio. We've mm. got overreactions. Um, We've got bro- whatever
3: the hell the Blazers were this weekend. That's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Speaking of Blazers, Brooke Olsenham will join hey. us. She's going to join us in studio today. It is February, as February's winding down. Brooke Hearts Your Heart campaign mm-hmm. is well underway with the Portland Trailblazers. Brooke going to come in studio. And I just sent her a text. I was like, you know, she's like, what time? I was like, well, whenever. whenever. Just whenever. <laughs> and so uh, Brooke is going to come down, and she's just going to hang in studio with us. So get your Blazers questions ready for Brooke. Uh, I do need to talk to her. I have a a pressing question involving her beloved Washington state Cougars that I think she needs an answer for. Um, So Brooke will join us back end of the show and uh, it'll be a great time having her in studio. But yeah, let's talk about the blazers because they shot the lights out. Not in the way that we know it. Danny Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has
0: invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
2: Dusty on the
4: fan. Not a banner weekend for the Portland Blazers, A hometown team dropping uh, two games, 127-112, to the Denver Nuggets, which is anticipated in respectable loss to one of the better teams in the NBA, the defending world champions. Sure, Jokic
3: was a man possessed.
4: Uh, he's doing incredible things yet again. And then last night, though, different story. As the Blazers is ninety three to eighty to the Charlotte Hornets after scoring thirty-four points in the first quarter. To be clear. The 34. highest
3: the highest scoring quarter for either team in the game was twenty five. The, yeah. the Blazers in the third quarter. I think you meant thirty four points in the first half. First
4: half. Yeah. Did you I say first quarter? You said first quarter. I meant half. Yeah. 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 First the, half. The Blazers
3: did not eclipse twenty in either of the first two quarters. 18 and 16. It was, last night
4: was unequivocally one of the worst shooting performances that I've seen from this franchise. And it turns out the numbers are bearing it out because in NBA history, it was the fifth lowest shooting percentage from three by a team that attempted 30 or more three-point attempts. Mm-hmm. They were three of 32.
3: And that was only because they were saved in the final couple minutes. They were, at one point in time, one for 26.
4: 9.4% three-point shooting is the fifth worst ever. Mm-hmm. It is the worst three-pointing, uh, per, three-point shooting performance with 30 or more attempts since the 2021 Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was ugly.
3: They, at one point in time, missed 23 consecutive threes. And this is not a, man, the Hornets were really getting after it. It was Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, and everyone else getting wide-open look after wide-open look and just clanking their brains out. The starting lineup
4: combined to go 1 of 21 from beyond the arc, including an 0 for 8 from Anthony Simons, which it was tough watching he and jeremy grant especially even jeremy grant that one make uh watching those two guys and seeing how with every attempt that either rattled out or missed horribly just seeing it kind of wear on them because oh, yeah. that is something we don't see very often no but no, it yeah. was it was apparent last night and it was that was a tough one. there there haven't been many truly like you just go God, that was tough to watch. Last night was one.
3: We were sitting there. By we, the collective media, were sitting there uh, post game before Chauncey got up, and I asked around kind of the room, "Was this worse than the sixty-two point game to the to the Oklahoma City Thunder?" And there was like there was there was real pause because that wasn't that was just getting your butt kicked. That was that offensive output
4: that That, you saw last night against a very good team. I mean, I think if if Charlotte is
3: better, it ends up that way. The insane thing was, and I think what made it look worse, was the stark contrast between how putrid they were offensively and how genuinely good they were defensively. Matisse Steibel was a complete wrecking crew. He had four steals and two blocks in his first 12 minutes on the floor.
4: That's pretty good.
3: And it was just like, huh, okay, defensively, they're actually, they're competing. They're getting after this. They're, But then you watched it offensively, and you're just, they going, and it wasn't clunky. They were generating looks. They were just, I mean, and it wasn't just threes. Like, Jabari Walker was bricking layups.
4: Yeah, it was, a, it was just a weird, clunky game start to finish, and you sit there and you go, all right, how does that happen, game two out of the break? Mm-hmm. Like, like, where does that come from? Where does that start, and how do you get to that point? Because, look, there were – and here's the thing. They were open looks. Wide we open. look, We look at the Oklahoma City game, and you go, that was in the back end of an extended road trip. They're on the road. Their legs are tired. There is not an excuse to, like, where your legs are should be dead on game two out of the All-Star break where – You had a night off and you're playing both the games at home, for goodness sakes.
3: You'd think, but you get to these, I don't know, you get to these points where it's absolutely, it's not even unquestionable. It's—it's The basketball gods just say no. And I've seen some people like, well, why didn't Chauncey Billups make some changes last night? And I'm just like, Huh? (laughs) <laughs> did you look at the box score? Did you see how many guys played? Do you did you see how many guys uh, took shots? It was just a contagious thing throughout the team. And this it's that doesn't it doesn't happen frequently, but you go look through the box scores of every team, the best teams in the league and the worst, they all have one of these nights. But well, when it, your
4: roster isn't very good, it, it gets it, exacerbated. It's exacerbated, and like anybody that's saying you you want changes, I mean, what you want more Mania minutes? Yeah, like what you want more I did because it wasn't going to get better. It wasn't going to get better. It was just ugly.
1: You take out eight and 11 for 16 from the field and the Blazers shoot under
4: 28% for the game. That's brutal. <laughs> That's brutal. And this is where you sit there and you go, even with all of that being said, this is where like Chauncey Billups, and we have this text on the Vancouver Ford text on 503-864-6326. Uh, with all that bad shooting, Danny, th- this is the question for you. Chauncey Billups' post-game interview tells me his job is safe in, in Portland. And it is because they. S- it-, it wasn't that they were shooting contested shots. Guys weren't open. <laughs> nothing was falling in. And they found their way to get that lead to single digits at one point where you're going, they have no business being in this game. They no Charlotte's being not the game, good. They
3: got it in three points with, a five, with about five minutes to go. And, and they're, I'm sitting there going, how the hell is this game a three-point game?
4: And I think that one thing that a lot of fans are are concerned about is this is where, in a game like that, you have to lean on Anthony Simons. You have to lean on Jeremy Grant. And when those guys come up empty, that makes it that much worse. and And that's where fans start wondering, all right, in a game like this, do we – are those guys that are the ones that you want to be building this thing around. Sure. And you take a one-off. That's, that's one thing. If this comes more consistent and then they're... you start
3: to wonder and you worry, um, looking at the NBA tracking data last night on open threes without a defender within four to six feet. And this is always taking without
4: four off. to six feet. That is wide open. No, that, the that,
3: there's, there's more, there's more open than this. There's, there's open and there's very open. <laughs> uh they were one yeah, it's called warm-ups. Yeah. The, well, I mean they they had they had some of those looks too. Uh but the Blazers were one of twelve. Oh my gosh. One of twelve last night. And then on the wide open, they were holy crap. They were two for nineteen. And that so is this is that's where you just shake
4: your head and you go wide open. What are you gonna do?
3: That's that's shooting variants. That's all that is. That's shooting luck and shooting variance. When you have when you're generating that many open looks and you're just clanking, that's I mean, talking to the guys afterward, there was a lot of like there wasn't a lot of heads down. It was like hands thrown up like like we're not a great shooting team, but that no like no. Well, look, on the bright side, at least, you know, we might be getting more ping-pong balls in our future because yeah. now they're tied with the Hornets in the, uh, the wind column. They are tied with the there Hornets in the wind column, which means that they may have an outside chance now at moving down, up. I don't know how we qualifying that. Yeah. Up to, to four. four. Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> all right.
4: Hey. So there's that. Got a long way to go to catch the likes of Detroit, Washington, well, De- and even San Antonio. Detroit
3: and Washington are now tied at nine wins apiece.
4: Uh-uh. Detroit's still 8-48. Detroit still at 8, yeah. 8-48. Eight Washington is
2: 9-48. Yep, you got it right
3: here. That's bad. That's
2: bad. I
3: could have swore I saw the standings both Spurs, at
4: 9. Spurs are 11-47. And,
3: and then the Blazers and Hornets are both at 15. Nine. Yes.
4: But then you take in, like, we all want to live in that moment of how bad last night was because it historically was one of the worst shooting performances in NBA history. We just laid it out. Fifth mm-hmm. worst three-point shooting performance of a team that attempted 30 or more three-pointers. Ever, but what did you take from Friday coming out of the All Star break, where you have a Denver team that is in all earnest making that push? They're only a game and a half back of being the top seed in the Western Conference, and Jokic just flipping that switch on Friday night. Nikola Jokic, there's nobody in the NBA that can guard him when he's when he's playing like that. The guy is the not only is he a triple double machine, but the efficiency with which he does
3: it—it's mind bending. Uh, I have got an I've got a stat when we come back and we talk some MVPs that is absolutely bonkers as it, it, it which is it Jokic is starting to put up the the tungsten armo Doyle Will Chamberlain type stuff. And that that's interesting when
4: you see a guy like Jokic when he turns it on the question then becomes what is going to dictate this MVP race mm-hmm. because you look at after Friday the idea of Jokic becoming an MVP that wins it too much, you can't just sit there and dismiss how damn good he is. First, though, is Rust with SportsCenter.
2: This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan.
4: Coming out of the All-Star break, the Blazers opened things up with the Denver Nuggets in Moda, and they lost uh, 127-112. to But that game was, I mean, it was nowhere close to being what we saw, I don't know, last night (laughs) offensively with the Charlotte Hornets. But one thing that was just crystal clear is anybody that is getting the the Nikola Jokic wear from him being so damn good in this push for him to get another MVP – I, it, the as the season goes on, it gets harder and harder to say no. And so people are going to start hunting and searching for the reasons why Nikola Jokic won't be the MVP, and that's where I come down to, all right, how is this thing going to sort itself out? Because if you look yeah. at the way Jokic is playing, the way Luka and SGA have turned to white-hot as of lately, the three guys, two of them are triple-double machines in in Jokic and Luca, but SGA especially, he's not that guy. And it all just he he's just a monster of efficiency and puts up points and is on a great team. How's this thing going to be dictated moving forward? Because I as as we go go on and you have the run that Jokic is going on, if he really is ramping up like he usually does,
3: I don't see how he doesn't win it again. What's been insane with Jokic and I always get caught up. I shouldn't say I get caught up in this. I let the greatness of Jokic kind of fall to the wayside because he makes the game look so simple that you you don't forget about him, but you almost discount him. I was on my way in this morning, and uh, Windhorst, uh, uh, Brian Windhorst, uh, and Tim McMahon and Mark Spears, they're, they're the Hoop Collective podcast. They were talking about Kevin Durant. And Mark Spears mentioned something that I, I, I've I've said it probably a million times about Kevin Durant. He's, to me, the greatest scorer we've ever seen. The problem with Kevin Durant is he makes scoring looks too easy. And so everybody discounts what he is and how good he is. He's ninth right now. If I told you that Kevin Durant was ninth right now as an all-time scorer, would that surprise you? No. But I think people don't realize the total volume of scoring he has done in his career and made it look Wildly easy, basically being a 50-40-90 shooter for his career. Jokic, because he can't jump over a piece of paper. He has nine dunks on the season. He He doesn't foot tall. He is seven foot tall, Dusty. (laughs) But I'm sitting there watching Friday night, and it wasn't just the passes themselves he was making. He was passing guys open with the type of pass the angle of the pass, the touch on the pass. There was a pass that was maybe traveled vert- or horizontally seven feet. It was a lob from the mid block to Aaron Gordon, but the touch and the speed of like how he put it up and where it came down allowed Aaron Gordon to jump, flip one eighty, and reverse dunk an alley oop home. Yeah, don't you don't
4: need to dunk when you got an Aaron Gordon.
3: But I mean, like the the timing was. It was just so precise. He threw a touch pass again over the top to a cutting uh, Reggie Jackson, where it it was. I joked, "Who's a better passer right now, uh, Patrick Mahomes or, or Nikola Jokic?" Because the touch that he puts on his passes, it it lands feathery soft, even when he throws an absolute full court bullet. The he has the three quarter court inbounds pass to Aaron yeah. Gordon to for the dunk that's probably going to be the pass of the year. He throws that thing, rears back, and fires it. And it hits Aaron Gordon's hands like it floats in, like it's being held by angels. He is, he might be one of the three best passers the game has ever seen. that That's the level he's operating at. And he he does it in a way that looks like he doesn't care. And I've talked to his teammates and he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> He's he like doing wrong. He cares about basketball. He doesn't care about the accolades. He doesn't care about scoring. He just wants to play a brand of basketball that is uniquely his own. And the Nuggets have unlocked this monster that has the ugliest jump shot you've ever seen. D- doesn't miss Dusty. He didn't I miss, a, sh- would like it. He didn't miss a shot for almost seven quarters.
4: <laughs> that is crazy.
3: He had a 100% field goal yeah. percentage, triple double coming out of the all star break. And I love Giannis, I love Luka. What SGA is doing right now is bonkers. Nicole Jokic is the best player on the planet, and he makes everyone around him so much better. It, the, the, the rising all tides kind of the the the. the rising waters will, you know, kind of lift all boats kind of thing. His is so exaggerated, I can't even begin to explain it.
4: And I think that this is where he will, because we've always run into this problem, right? Whether it is LeBron, Kobe, Jordan, anybody. We don't give that the best player in the league the MVP every year. You
3: get tired of it.
4: But there is something about Jokic in that not caring about it, it's almost like it's going to be... People are more willing to concede. us why Joel Embiid got the,
3: got the MVP last year. Is the Nuggets and Joker, and Joker shut it down. Here's, here's Jokic's last three games since the All-Star break, right? Or post-All-Star break. 27 points, 17 rebounds, 15 assists. That's what he's averaging over the last three games.
4: And I think that if we look at it, Luca's team may not be the one that, that makes that charge. If the Nuggets finish this season at, atop the Western Conference standings... Which is going to
3: be tough.
4: But they're a game and a half out.
3: Mm-hmm. But I mean, <laughs> Oklahoma City and Minnesota are just... They just keep winning.
4: And it, that's going to be kind of the thing is that if that voter fatigue is real on Jokic's behalf, SGA kind of feels like he will be the guy that they say, all right, well, they held off Denver... He's been playing. He's been playing incredibly all season long, from start to finish. I think it's going to be Shea Gilgis Alexander, but if Jokic continues to put up what he's been doing post All Star break, and he's got like twenty five games left, and he continues to play like this, absolutely, that dude is going to be the MVP again, and you can't argue against it, really, because of no.
3: he's he, he's breaking the game. He is the
4: best passer in the game right now maybe one of the best passers ever. He is a, a triple double machine, but it's not Russell Westbrook where it's not hunting. It's just you're hunting for it. You're taking rebounds from other guys. Everything is within the context of the game and him being seven feet tall and his ability to just not jump and just grab every rebound positioning. What What's going on between the years with just, him? He's a is savant. He's a basketball insane.
3: computer and he, he throws passes that his teammates now, because they've been there long enough. Particularly Gordon. Gordon and him have a like. It's Kelsey and Mahomes. There's a symbiotic relationship of just knowing when and where. And you you're you see these things that you just like like I said, the reverse alley oop dunk in traffic. That doesn't that doesn't happen. Like that play is seared into my brain because like you're just sitting there going, what the hell just happened? Is he the
4: least athletic? Looking person to have like the most incredible highlight film.
3: Yes, not even close.
4: I mean, in I think you can go in like any sport.
3: Remember, think of remember like, the playoffs last year. He's the, not fast. He doesn't Lakers.
4: jump. He but everything he does, whether it is grabbing a rebound and knowing who's running up the sideline, and just rearing back and just chucking the ball to a spot and having a guy there to the three quarters court pass where he hits Aaron Gordon in stride for a dunk to when the Golden State Warriors are trying to jump him with the double team on the backside and he feels it coming and just goes behind his head and boom, it's a picture-perfect pass. He has these plays that are eye-popping where most of his highlights don't include him scoring the basket.
3: No, the, the shot that he made against the Lakers up against the shot clock last year in the playoffs. Remember that leaning fall away, holy crap, trebuchet all the way behind his head at like 38 feet that he just hocks at the rim and it doesn't doesn't bank in, it doesn't rattle in, it touches nothing but the bottom of the net. And you're like, what the hell, dude? Yeah. Like, and and that's the thing is like, he's an okay three point shooter. Like, right now, he's shooting 33% from three in the last three games. It's not what he's only taken three a game. Like, he doesn't really take them because he shoots 70% in the paint. <laughs> He's He might be the best, not at the rim, but like the mid-paint area scorer the league has ever seen. Yeah. His touch is just otherworldly there, and it's just because of that, that in-between spot, people aren't. Used to defending that spot the way that you have yeah. to with him, so there's no real answer for that. And if you do, he finds somebody on a back cut, or he swings it over, or he he threw DeAndre Ayton like a rag doll in that game Friday night. He hit him with a drop step, and he you know hit him with the shoulder on the on the back of DeAndre's shoulder. Look, people can say what they want about DeAndre, blah blah blah. DeAndre is not a weak dude, and he does not shy away from contact, particularly on the block. He threw him like a rag doll. And it was just like, how how is this guy able to do these feats while looking like that?
4: Unbelievable. And they, we have back-to-back texts. You guys ever seen Larry Bird? He's Larry Bird, but seven feet. Two different people just right in. Yeah. That is that is a the great same, comp, same comp with the, guy. everything kind of coming within the context of the game. He isn't the most flashy guy. But the thing that Larry Legend had a mouth like a sailor. Yeah. And would S talk you up and down. Yeah, doesn't doesn't say anything.
3: the only only people he talks to during the game are refs. That's, but that
4: is that is a good comp of the guy who does everything right Mm -hmm. around him, and his highlight film is a a ton of plays that he's not putting nothing but just giving
3: dudes buckets in the most simple way possible. And like
4: Larry, the thing that made Larry incredible is it wouldn't look like what Jordan was doing or Magic was doing, Mm -hmm. but he would tell you exactly how it was going to happen, and he would describe it to you in detail, and then go and do it. There's
3: clips of him you, you they got him like quasi-miked up. You could read his yep. lips of telling guys, I'm going to hit you here, then I'm yeah. going to do this, and then I'm going to hit this shot. Hell, he beat the Portland Trailblazers playing entirely left-handed. Yeah. It's he was clear. saving his right hand for the Lakers. Which you could do
4: at that <laughs> time, you know? That's insane. All right, uh Vancouver Ford text line 5038646326. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during and after the sale. Visit them online. Vancouverford.com. Fun with Audio. This was this hit probably too close to home. Next on the fan.
2: Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan.
4: Tomorrow, come join us. It's the inaugural fan winter golf Classic at X-Golf Twalton and X-Golf Vancouver. Tomorrow, February 27th, Danny and I will be up at the Vancouver location. Primetime with Isaac and Suk are going to be down at the Tualatin location. Yeah, Come party with us. We will be there noon to 3, and then uh, 3 to 7, they kick off uh, primetime at both X-Golf locations. The 4 p.m. round at X-Golf Tualatin completely sold out. Mm. Uh, Noon rounds, still got uh, some spots available in the noon rounds. Uh, You can... Choose from either the noon or the four PM round at X Golf Vancouver. Uh, Broadcast going to be live. The winning team gets a place in the tenth annual Fan Golf Classic. Last place threesome. You receive a free lesson because you're not very good at golf. So uh, come out, join us, party with us. Even if you're not going to golf, just come down, it, whether you're on your lunch break, after work, whatever it is, come to either X Golf Tualatin or X Golf Vancouver. We got uh, food from Victorico's Mexican food for our golfers, along with Pearl Catering in the Urban Restaurant Group. And uh, we're all going to be playing Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach. Go to 1080thefan.com for more information or to sign your threesomes up. Now, tomorrow, they're letting us out of the cage. We get to go to X-Golf Vancouver. I'm looking forward to it. That was going to be a blast. you kidding me? Yeah.
3: I'm still trying to remember, don't come to this building. Don't come to this building. I put it in my phone.
4: Yeah, we'll Make see sure if that happens. Make sure you go
3: to the golf place.
4: We'll see if that happens. All right, uh, Shane Gillis, he hosted SNL over which, the weekend. Which is ironic
3: considering he got fired by SNL
4: yeah his monologue was something it was
3: great. if it's
4: Shane if you know who Shane Gillis is, he made it as awkward as humanly possible you you thought it was phenomenal yes. many people did not
3: i I could not stop laughing.
4: I am not uh in in I think people lose kind of the context on how he throws some words around mm-hmm. like I'm not a fan of his use of the r word. Sure. I don't I I d I do not like that. But he's talking about his family members, which he has great relationships with, but I mean that still just rubs people the wrong way. Sure. I, I'm not a person that gets upset at comedians because they're comedians. comedians. But uh, I know a lot of people were really upset. There were some sketches though mm-hmm. where it was like SNL needed a guy like Shane Gillis who mm. understands. He had in his monologue that wasn't offending everybody. He was talking about how he missed his opportunity as a high school football coach mm-hmm. which I mean it was money. Which
3: if you've seen Shane Gillis he is what you think a football high school football coach looks like.
4: Absolutely. But he they had a sketch that I'm assuming is all him and it checked every single box. They were doing a a sketch that was spoofing all of the online betting apparatuses that we have now and it's called Rock Bottom Kings and when you hear this like you will find that they pulled every common thread in all of the commercials that we see on TV you you pick the online betting or the betting app of choice you can pick any of them and I noticed that they're going down the roads of beer commercials and pizza commercials where all of them are exactly the same (laughs) because they knocked it out of the park. And I think we
2: all can relate to this. The thrill of victory. The satisfaction of placing a bet and watching it hit. The exhilaration of an upset, only you saw color. With betting apps right on your phone, it's easier than ever to turn your passion for sports into cold, hard cash. And with so many games to bet on, you almost can't lose. But there's a dark side as well. We all know a friend who struggles with online gambling. A friend who's on the verge of losing everything. His house, his family, his entire life. And now you can bet on exactly how he'll lose it all with (laughs) Rock Bottom Kings. It's the only app that lets you take prop bets about how your degenerate gambler friend is finally going to hit rock bottom. Will it be double or nothing on a random WNBA game? Or bets his child's college fund on the coin toss? And when your friend is desperate for cash, you can bet on what his lowest moments will be. Will he take out a life insurance policy on his own mother? Will he set up a fake GoFundMe that says he has leukemia? And what will he sell first, his PS5 or his kidney? You can build a parlay about everything that could happen to him. Divorce, marries rich old widow, arrested for elder fraud, and fakes his own death but is immediately caught when he uses an app to gamble. <laughs> With Kings, you'll feel like you're in the game. The game of your friend versus his horrible demons. But again, addiction is a real problem. And we take it very seriously. That's why all these gambling ads are full of cash, gold, fireworks, and flames exploding everywhere. Because you're not a loser. Your friend is. They say the house
1: always wins.
2: Well, now you're the house, and your friend is probably going to lose his. Does it seem a little cruel to bet on your friend's devastating addiction? Sure, but it's also hilarious. So however your friend bottoms out, make sure you cash out at Rock Bottom Kings. Download Rock Bottom Kings today because gambling is serious. Seriously awesome. Rock Bottom Kings. He's the one with the problem.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Every last bit about that is fantastic. They pull every single one oh, of the God. threads of the, like, the gaming commercial and yeah. you notice that they all use the
4: same music yeah. uh, under all of them. Yes. They had, like, fireworks and, like, a lot of fog machines were being used in mm-hmm. production, and I'm sitting there going, this looks like, it, like, you it, you don't just pick
3: one. It's all every single one of them. Look, they've all been focus grouped to death. <laughs> they know what they're selling. And they've been to Las Vegas. They go, they go from, from,
4: hey, look how fun it is to, hey, it's very serious. Yes. This is very serious. Bet responsibly, bet responsibly. But hey, you can bet on how he's going to lose his house. It's
3: the way every gambling commercial ends. If you, yes. have, if you have a gambling problem, call one another gambling problem. And it's like, what are we doing here and the funny thing about that is the call the 1-800 number is always sped up a thousand percent because of you know how it's got to fit in the commercial yeah
4: i'm not gonna lie there are a few friends that i sent this to and i was like hey bud like uh, i'm getting odds on you let's uh, maybe you need to tone it down a little bit and uh take a little advice here you know you could be the guy that everybody's talking about because i think if uh we all know somebody that you have to have those serious talks with, and you're like, "God, it's pump the brakes, bud. Let's not go too far on your twenty leg parlay um, on NFL's Super Duper Wild Card Weekend." Yeah, no, that's not gonna not gonna go their way. That's <laughs> a little tough. <laughs> but that is the that's the fastball that I think SNL has been missing. Is that they leaned way into the the political side of it, where that's what made SNL great? Was they would take all of our pop culture references that we had, and they just crank them up to eleven, right?
3: Yes, and, that's the whole and point.
4: Everything is just, hey, seriously, think about how stupid it is. Some of the things that we're doing here, <laughs> and this was it. And this is what kind of we've been missing from SNL, and which has not been getting rave reviews as of late.
3: No, it's been years. They they have a show here or there where they have a guest who carries it, you know. Oh God, five years ago, Chance the Rapper was on there, mm-hmm. and he his entire show was great. Peyton Manning is always great, but as overall writers, they they've been lacking. Like Weekend Update is really the only thing that they crush anymore.
4: I think that you're you're starting to see, especially with like a guy like Gillis coming back. Mm-hmm. I think Lorne Michaels is is seeing that. That edge is going to be needed.
3: Yeah, that's the whole point. It
4: like, needs to come back after they went too far. Overcorrected
3: with... Overcorrecting. Like, Let's have the kind comedy. It's like, no, yeah. it's not what we want.
4: And it's not a lot of what it was previously no. either.
3: No, Saturday Night Live yeah. always was problematic. Yeah.
4: Schlitzgay anybody? <laughs> Or Schmitz-gay? Schmitz-gay. 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 Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean,
4: that was- (laughs) Sweaty balls.
3: Super colon blow. (laughs) Exactly. Buzz brothers.
4: Exactly. He's buzzing off again. Yeah. The ambiguously gay duo. Yeah. Like- Ace and Gary. I mean, that was- Hans and Franz shooting roids. Like,
3: yeah. (laughs) I mean- Listen to me now and believe me later. (laughs) Later. Remember sometime soon. (laughs) Like the, that was like the whole point of of Saturday Night Live was to be on the edge and yeah. to like the, the church lady. Yes, <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> I think I think
4: they're trying to harness it back in. Also,
3: Shane be, Gillis by on being the,
4: funny. In Shane Gillis in the monologue, though, it was like the all right, we've been overcorrecting one way, mm-hmm. we're gonna skid right into the side <laughs> of the mountain because if you don't know his style, yeah. That was very in like this texture says, it was painful the monologue. Yeah.
3: It that's yes, how it he great. operates. Yes.
4: And his whole thing is making people feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable as hell. Like his mother and father who were
3: in, in the audience. It
4: was great. Yeah. It it was great in that regard. There's some things like with every comic you, you take, and some you can he can just have right back. But that's his line. No. That's his line. And uh I, I thought it was finally where there was an SNL. It was, good. it was a good watch. Yeah. It was a great watch. All right. Uh, hey, which path is more likely? Let's talk a little NFL. Russ Ooh. getting back or the Bears getting it right? Because mm. there's news out of both angles as we are entering Underwear Olympics season. Ooh. It's starting this week. Danny and Dusty on the fan.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours